Hey there, y'all. My name is Dana Marie, and I'm going to be your host for Still Positive today. I sometimes slip into that voice, especially when I start saying y'all. It just, it just needs like a drawl to the y'all. So I just keep going with it. Um, and then I just can't stop. And then I just sound like I speak like that all the time. Um, so, hey, how's it going? I am doing okay, making it through. May is kind of uh, turning out to be nicer than I thought, so that's always nice. I've been going through treatments, getting all itchy, trying to figure out what I'm going to do about it. But I'm off of steroids and onto a steroid cream, so I guess take the ones where you can, I guess. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's my itchy life which is another um, subset of the story (laughs) with chronic illness. Sometimes you just get weird reactions like itchy skin. And actually, my guest and I talk about that today. My guest today is Steph. She goes only by Steph because only her mom calls her Stephanie, as I found out on our call. And so we talk about her um, living with charge syndrome get into that how she was born with it and what she does with it now and I think that it's really exciting and I can't wait for you to hear so listen in to this week's episode of still positive with Steph living with charge syndrome I'm Dana Murray and this is still positive let's be real people love to gloss over chronic conditions or disabilities with a fleeting comment like just be positive or a fleeting insult like kale will cure you as if your life was that easy of a fix this is a podcast for when you face a different reality knowing that positivity isn't a magic wand that's going to cure everything but a flashlight in the dark that we may or may not have batteries to living with a chronic illness or disability makes you feel different and your difference could be noticeable to others or not but either can sometimes make you feel invisible. I'm here to tell you that your experience is valid and shared by others in the dark. Positivity is not the missing puzzle piece that's going to solve your life's puzzle, but it can be a beautiful tool that can help you grow and sharing those experiences can make us grow together. So you got a tattoo yesterday? Um, a couple days ago, um, I have a really good friend who is a tattoo artist and he's just done a couple pieces for me recently. Nice. What'd you get it of? So I will show you the one that I just got and just quickly turn my camera on. So this is the one that I just got. Nice. Um, So it's a butterfly. And then I have this one that he just did as well. So I've got seven and he just did the most recent two that I've got. Whoa, that's awesome. They look so like detailed, but also like really dark lines. So I feel like it would hurt a lot. Um, it was he he knows that I'm a bit of a baby when it comes to stuff like that. So he was like really gentle and he took it really slow for me and everything. He's he's good. Nice. Oh good. Yeah. And what um what made you want well, you have some already, so these weren't your first ones, right? Yeah, I got um my first one when I was 17. I think yeah and I'm 25 now um I've got seven and they all symbolize 
something that I've gone through or or made it through and sort of what that means to me so I like a lot of flying sort of references so one so this one as you can see is a feather and this one's a butterfly and then I've got birds on my shoulder and they're all sort of references to things I've been through with my mental health nice I feel like I I don't have any tattoos but I feel like if I got them, I would be super like nervous that I would hate them years down the line. Do you feel like that? I made, I made some bad decisions on some ones. So the ones that I actually just got done were cover-ups. Oh, okay. Yeah. I forget you yeah. that too. Yeah. So I've got, I've got a, I've made a couple bad decisions, but I've <laughs> luckily not made bad enough decisions that they can't be fixed. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. And you can like reimagine them into yeah. different things. It's really cool. Um, so cool. So when were you, you have charge syndrome and a little <laughs> bit about that, it doesn't, it stands, it's an acronym for some different kinds of um, symptoms that can come with it, but it no longer goes by that acronym, right? Yeah. So um, the letters each stand for a different condition that comes along with charge syndrome. And I don't actually have all of the ones in the letter. Like um, the A stands for atresia, I believe is how it's pronounced. Mm -hmm. And I actually don't have that. It's a heart condition. Um, I do have a heart condition, but it's not that one. Mm, yeah. So basically what charge is and what they've come to sort of describe it as is a developmental disorder. And I believe it's a mutation of your chromosomes, but it's not the same chromosome as you would get for somebody who has something say like Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. um, it's a different chromosome. I'm not sure which one it is, but it's, it's a mutation of the chromosomes that basically affects how you develop the third trimester of pregnancy. So you basically hit a point where you stop developing properly. Oh, okay. I see. And it can happen mostly in, in those sort of areas, like your eyes, your heart, your ears, and uh, like other parts of your body. Yeah. So it affects um, mainly sensory organs or like your other vital organs. So one, so a couple of the big things with charge is people either have hearing loss, vision loss, or both. Mm -hmm. I have vision loss, so my optic nerve didn't develop properly, which means that different parts of my eye don't work. So I have an astigmas, which is like the eye shaking. Mm -hmm. I have a coloboma, which is the pupil thing. Um, okay. And I'm also, it also affects like the way my vision works. So my, my retinas don't work properly in either eye. Um, one of them actually is held together by a band because the retina can't fully go around my pupil because of the coloboma wow. um, and it affects my vision as well so my left eye is completely blind my right eye I can see the, the length of my arm but mm. it also affects your your other organs like as well so like mine affects my kidney function and my liver function um, and it affects your reproductive organs. And this seems to be a very common thing with females with charge syndrome mm. is it, it tends to give you a number of um, reproductive issues. So for me, I've got PCOS, I've got endometriosis. Um, 
and I've had other issues with my reproductive organs in the past, but that's what I currently have. Oh man. And like on top of everything you're already living with, like that's an added feature that I feel like you don't really have to have concern about. I mean, reproducing until a certain age and then you're like, yeah, this is actually, it wasn't an issue for me. Um, until more recently when I was told, like, basically, I can never carry a pregnancy to full term. Oh, man. Um, so it, it wasn't really a big deal for me as a kid. But now as an adult, when you start to think about settling down and everything, that's when it really sorts, sort of starts to affect you. But right. I mean, it, it does, it does cause me a lot of pain as well. So I started to get the pain side of the PCOS in particular when I was about 13 so that sort of affects you as soon as you hit puberty but the the more emotional side of like the not functioning reproductive system that doesn't really hit until you're an adult right right and the pain that you have is it in a specific spot or is it all over your body like does it move around sort of um so I get really bad um pain because of the endometriosis and the PCOS so that's sort of in like my uterus and ovaries and stuff um but I but it um charge also does come with a lot of like chronic pain issues so I've got issues with my joints um and I've got issues with like chronic fatigue so I have muscle pain quite easily Mm. and the sort of pain that comes with chronic fatigue so like um, you get very easily strained and very easily tired and the sort of soreness that comes with that and everything. Mm. Um, I'm lucky. I don't think I have as bad chronic pain and I take a lot of vitamins and stuff, which helps manage it. And I'm very active. I think the fact that I am so active helps with the, with the pain for sure. Yeah. And I think that you two doing, um, gymnastics and cheerleading, right? Yes. So I do competitive gymnastics and cheerleading and I teach yoga and Pilates as well. Nice. Yeah. All of those are great for your body. And obviously you know that, but like, I think <laughs> oh, and that I've just, I've just, sorry, I've just started aerial as well, which is oh, absolutely nice. incredible. And that looks like so much fun. I would be so nervous doing it, but I think it looks amazing when people do it. it. It's probably the most fun out of all of them. Like I love cheer and gymnastics as well in terms of like how fun they are, but Ariel's, Ariel's cool. Like it's yeah. really cool. Oh, that's so fun. When did you start doing that? So I started, so I've done a little bit of Ariel, just like um, a couple sessions a while ago, but I actually properly started doing classes. Um, my first class was a birthday present. Nice. Um, and then I started doing hoop um, or Lyra it's called. Um, every week since like December. So I'm working hard at it. I have my first competition in August. Oh my gosh. I didn't even know that they had competitions. Neither did I, but I'm so excited to be taking part in it now. Yeah. That's awesome. Where where are you based out of, by the way? So I was in England and hopefully I'll be back there very soon. But right now I'm at my family's house and my family are from Silver Spring, Maryland. Oh, okay. So, yeah, is that, so that's where the competing is happening? Um, so for Ariel, the competing is actually virtual. Oh, wow. Um, which I think is pretty cool because you get to compete against 
all kinds of people and I'm actually doing their para division um so I'm big into para sports so like I did para cheerleading um for years I was one of the founding members of the first team that went to worlds for para cheerleading so it's kind of fun I'm gonna be able to do a new para sport now yeah that's so cool and I love that it's virtual too yeah I'm so excited because I'll get to see different aerialists from all kinds of places oh wow I love that so you were born with charge and then from there did you start cheerleading in elementary school or when did you start doing that no I actually started quite late so I always did sports um I was a figure skater for a little while I even played um soccer but obviously being blind it wasn't really for me (laughs) having having a ball there is actually blind football and they um like soccer sorry um and they use a ball with a bell but I didn't know about this at the time but I I did all kinds of sports until I was about 14 I think um when somebody told me I should try out for cheerleading and I did it as a joke um (laughs) Yeah, I originally thought like, oh, this would be kind of funny, like me as a cheerleader, but I love it. Oh, great. It it just absolutely just stole my heart. I'm so like, uh, I will never stop loving it. It, It's my happy place. That's awesome. And I love that it started off as a joke and you were like, wait a minute, (laughs) this is actually awesome. (laughs) Yeah, because I was one of those people that I was like, oh, cheerleading, that's not, that's not a sport, but I I didn't know anything about competitive cheerleading really Um, and then the more I learned about it the more I fell in love with it oh that's great thank you so did you get most of your care for charge syndrome when you were a kid like is there anything that they did that sort of helped or is it sort of just you're born with it and you have to manage your symptoms afterward so a lot of my issues didn't present themselves until later in life um a lot of a lot of things really started to hit me when I was about 17 I mean I always I always had issues but it was always kind of treated as separate issues it wasn't treated altogether as Mm. charge syndrome And, and my parents had been told I had charge syndrome when I was a baby but like things were always treated differently so I was never sort of given the the level of sort of detail that it takes when you have a chronic developmental issue Mm. Um, and I found this to be the case for a lot of developmental issues or just chronic illnesses in general I have a lot of friends that have Ehlers-Demos syndrome and have had similar experiences where Mm. they have all kinds of ailments and they're never really treated together until the diagnosis is really looked at and put into perspective. Mm. Um, so I had incredible treatment my whole life for everything that was wrong with me. Um, my parents always made sure like I was really well looked after and I was never really treated differently. So I was always pushed to be as normal as possible um, despite any setbacks that I had. So I was never in any special sort of school or anything like I went to special groups for people who were blind and stuff like that but I never had to um I never was treated differently if that makes sense um so 
the medical side of things was was a challenge always because I was treated as if these were individual ailments but in terms of how um, my peers and my teachers and everything in school um, made sure that I was functioning Mm -hmm. that was that was always incredible yeah I love that because it's not every time that you hear that sort of uh, narrative so it's really nice to hear that so your parents knew that you had it when you were a baby but did they have charge syndrome in their um genetics no um really I actually I don't my family is quite healthy um in terms of like chronic ailments and everything Mm. um I'm sort of the the odd one out in, in that perspective but I mean they were always really good about researching whatever I had and making sure that they understood it and that they could support me with whatever I needed whether it be for my physical health for my mental health or just a little bit of an extra push like even though they'd never experienced it before they were they were very good at accommodating wow that's amazing because there's so much saying that it's mostly genetic and you know people that have it their parents usually had it so they are like acknowledging what they went through but it's interesting that your parents didn't have it but yet still were so on top of it for you like that's yeah I was very lucky with how I ended up with my parents I was very lucky yeah do you have any siblings or anything I do I have two sisters um one is biological and the other is somebody who was my best friend growing up in my family took her in and adopted her and neither of them have charge um my one of my sisters the the adopted one she is losing her hearing but um when we were kids she never had any sensory issues or anything so it's nice because at least I can help her in some ways um understanding what it's like to lose that sense Mm. um but yeah, no, nobody that I knew. And I still don't really know many people that have charge. Um, over social media, I've been lucky enough, but neither of my siblings had it. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, yours was the first that I've come across so far that you've explained that you've had it in your profile, but I haven't seen it um, really anywhere. And it was the first time I had researched it. And then I, even, even the acronym is just feels so outdated. They're like, we don't even update this. Like we don't, we don't know. I really struggle whenever I like go to the emergency room or, um, to new doctors, they never know what it is. Really? Um, yeah. So I, I used to end up in, we call it a in the UK and I used to end up in a a lot and they would have to call the medical registrar to look up what it was. Oh, wow. Um, like it it seems to me that it that it is very rare although I ran into somebody that had it for the first time in person while I was in hospital for my mental health there was a nurse that had another patient that had it Mm. um but everyone else that I know that has it or their children have it I've met them through social media and stuff like that yeah that's why I feel like 
social media can be a positive place, like in some instances, because I found so many people that I could relate to through social media and like whole communities too, that I had no idea existed before, you know? Yeah, it, it can definitely, if you, if you use it correctly, it can definitely help you create a support system and help you feel less alone. Right. Absolutely. And who else do you feel like besides your family is really in your support system? Um, I have great friends. Um, most of them are pretty, pretty able-bodied, not disabled in any sort of physical sense, but they all really, really support any struggles that I have. And they all do their best to empathize with me as much as they can. And, and I honestly, I wouldn't be where I am right now, particularly my best friend, my best friend, Catherine, she has really held my hand these last, this last year or so where I was really unwell and made sure that even though she doesn't have this condition that she was there as much as I needed her to be. And, and, I, I just, I'm very blessed with my friends. I have a very good network of friends. That's awesome. I feel like when you have support systems, like that includes your friends, they don't really treat you differently because of what you're going through. They sort of like empathize, but then also tell you about like the latest gossip or something. They don't like yeah, only they focus don't, on that. They don't make you feel different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And oh, it, can, it can be so isolating to, to have a chronic condition. So it's, it's just nice. Yeah. To like not have to focus on that because I feel like with a chronic condition, you're always sort of thinking about the things that are yeah. going on. <laughs> so it's nice to step out of it. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Um, so besides well, are your friends mostly in the cheerleading groups with you or um, are they outside your cheerleading group? Um, I've got a pretty good balance now. Um, so I've, I've definitely got a large number of friends that are like very supportive and very helpful in the cheer community. And I definitely could not be where I am without them. But I also have um, a few friends that I met while I was in hospital. And I found that they're a really, really good support system. Oh, that's great. Do they live by you or anything? So I don't have many people here in Maryland. I'm still sort of reacclimating to being here, but um, I still stay really close to all of my friends at home in England. Um, And I do have some very good friends here from my childhood. Oh, that's great. Seriously, it's so cool that like it is such a broad network that you have and yet still it's like a mix of people that are going through like a similar condition. And I love that they're from the hospital. I feel like I didn't meet anyone in the hospital. Um, well, I, I spent a lot of time in hospital for my mental health. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes the people that you meet there are a really good support system because they understand how your brain works Mm. and it's for me it's not just about my physical health it's definitely also about my mental health Mm. and it's easier for me to to relate to people that understand that because it is such an important thing in my life yes 
And so when you go to hospitals, are is it typically for your mental health that you find or are there um, symptoms from the charge that you also have to go to the hospital for? Um, I mean, a lot of, I mean, my inpatient stays have been for my mental health, but obviously mm-hmm. like I do have issues with my physical health from the charge syndrome. So like I get surgery on my eye pretty frequently. Mm. Um, I've had surgery on, on a few of my different organs, um, particularly my reproductive organs. Mm. And I do end up sick a lot. So my, my immune system seems to just be an overload because of all the dysfunction in my body. So I do tend to end up in hospital more often for sort of normal day-to-day sick things like when when I had COVID Mm -hmm. it was it was just hard because my lungs don't work properly it was just it was pretty bad yeah (laughs) um and and just sort of like the flu and stuff like that it can affect me a lot more than it would affect a person who doesn't have a chronic illness yeah, it's crazy. I have an overactive immune system as well. It gets really excited and just starts inflaming everything. Oh yeah, that's me. And I'm allergic to anti-inflammatories. So for no. Yeah, it's it's hard. <laughs> no. I'm allergic to um a couple antibiotics and that's been pretty hard too. Oh no, I can't yeah. imagine that. I get infections so easily. I could not imagine that. <laughs> yeah. I had to get like some specialty. I don't even know what it is called. That's but... crazy. <laughs> yeah. I know it's like, and the ones that I keep finding that it's mostly just a rash. So it's, it's annoying, but it's not like I get like a close throat or anything like that, but, but the rash can be, that's what I get from ibuprofen and they can be horrible. Mm-hmm. So I would hate that for antibiotics. So I, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. And it's like, you only would know that you're allergic to these things. If you've been through like a couple yep. different rounds, like I'm filling out my allergies and I'm like, who else is really knowing that they're allergic to these medications? Like- yeah. That that's how I found out with, with ibuprofen as well. Like I just kept getting this, this horrible rash all over my, like head to toe oh, and nothing would make it go away. And I was taking ibuprofen to make it go like, oh, no. because it's an anti-inflammatory. And I was like, this is just not getting better. Oh no. Yeah. That's a tough one for sure. Ibuprofen. Oh man. But can you take, I mean, Advil is essentially ibuprofen, but is it any different for you if you take Advil or Tylenol? So I can't really have any of that stuff most yeah so like anything with naproxen in it as well because it's the same family Mm. um so I usually take I usually have to take quite strong prescription painkillers because nothing else like I can't take anything else right which with a chronic pain condition I mean it's not ideal like when my reproductive organs act up it's it's not pretty I cannot even imagine because also with your endometriosis, like that's so intense. Do you still get your period? Yeah. And they're really horrific. No. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, it kind of sucks because like, I can't have a kid, but I still have to go through the period. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so much pain because like, 
normally someone with endometriosis or someone with PCOS would get pain, but the combination of the two mm-hmm. is just not, it's not fun. Oh my gosh. I'm so my hot sorry. water bottle is my best friend. Yes, yeah, exactly. Just constant. Oh my gosh. Is there anything that your doctors are saying to you in terms of maybe, well, not a cure, but some sort of like next steps for um, like minimizing the symptoms? Is there anything new that they're talking about with you? So when I was in England, I had a really good team of doctors and um, there was a lot of discussion about removing one of my ovaries or something like that. Mm -hmm. Since I've been here in the US, I haven't actually been able to do much about it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard re-establishing all of my medical like situations because I've been gone for eight years Mm. so a lot has changed in the last eight years particularly with my PCOS and my endometriosis I don't even think I was diagnosed at that point they knew that I had these reproductive issues but it wasn't written down on paper what it was so I've had to kind of start all over in terms of what I'm doing with doctors with my eyes as well it's been quite hard because I had a doctor a really good eye doctor here when I was a kid Mm -hmm. and then when I was in England I went to Moorfields which is an absolutely incredible eye hospital they they're through the NHS Mm -hmm. and so it was completely completely free completely supported by taxpayer money but it was just absolutely incredible treatment so I'm a bit reluctant after my amazing doctor as a child and Moorfields with my eyes in particular Mm. and and my reproductive organs as well because it's such a complex history those are the two that I'm just like ah yeah yeah and trying to explain to new doctors every time yeah especially because nobody knows what charge syndrome is (laughs) right right oh my gosh such long doctor visits I'm sure yeah I've I like my um my GP, um, she's she's pretty great at understanding my needs, and and when I explain something to her, she she listens. So so that seems to be one of my biggest issues with charge is trying to explain it to people and them thinking, oh, but I learned this when I was in medical school, so so really, I don't think that's the case. And and me trying to explain, well, well, it is for me. This is mm-hmm. what I've lived with my whole life. So it's nice my new GP she listens to what I say and she listens to what I've told her that other doctors have said to me and she she always takes it on board wow and especially for a GP or a general practitioner to be so open like that I feel like that's pretty rare in my experience I have not had that because I feel like they're just trying to like they take in so many different kinds of things that like having an overall understanding is more so their specialty but I think that that's fantastic you found someone that like listens to you that's that's in itself amazing yeah she's she's great oh fantastic so what are your next sort of goals that you're looking to do with cheerleading or pilates or yoga and or aerial even though you're doing competitions is there like a next step that you want to get to so I actually kind of So I've been looking into studying sports journalism um, and going back to school so that I can turn my love 
for sports of all kinds and how it affects our everyday health and our everyday life, both physically and mentally. And I can take that and I can turn it into a career and, and try and spread the word about that and help people through writing about it, basically. Oh, I love that. And the, the para sports that you're getting into too, like explaining more of that, I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I think that that's definitely something that I, I would focus on is because it's had such a positive impact in my life. I think para sports can make a huge difference. And I actually started working with um, a team here in Maryland from my old cheerleading program and they're a cheer abilities team. So they're all a team with special abilities and special needs and they've come together and they compete for cheer and they are just the most extraordinary group of women. Um, So that has just sort of furthered my desire to want to turn this into a whole career. Oh, it's so fantastic. Seriously. And I love that it's like something that you've been passionate about for so long. You know, Thank you. Sticking with it. I love it. Thank you very much. Of course. So with your time um, being diagnosed with charge and having endometriosis and moving from London to like here, do you find that you can still be positive in general? Yeah. I mean, I've definitely struggled. Um, I've got some mental health issues as well. Um, and that's, that's been a really hard thing for me recently. I've got CPTSD um, and I've got BPD. So I have had my darker moments, Mm. Um, but there's always someone that is struggling more than me. Um, And, and that has really humbled me working with people with other disabilities, other mental or physical health issues So I really use other people as a motivator to show me what is possible. Mm. Um, And I use as well my my passions to show me what is possible. So I I look at myself and how far I've come. And I know that I'm in a completely different place than I was yesterday. So I definitely have a lot of reasons to stay positive. Yeah. That's awesome. Is there anyone that you look up to specifically that you have found a lot of inspiration in? Oh, there's so many. I actually used to write a blog about all these people that have inspired me. I think a lot of the people I met in hospital are incredibly inspirational. A lot of them have careers despite mm-hmm. all of the setbacks that they've had in life. And I think that's that in and of itself to me is inspirational. My my parents have been very, very inspirational in terms of overcoming obstacles and still making it in life. And, and the people I'm surrounded with, all of my friends, um, a lot of them have had challenging situations in their life and they've just come out of it headstrong and still going. So I think I'm, I'm surrounded by people that inspire me all the time. That's so cool. Thank you. Is there any sort of foundation that you want to support or you feel really passionate about? So I actually work every year. I do a charity fundraiser in January and it's um, for sport in mind, um, which is all about mental health and sport. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's also 
for people with charge syndrome there's a really really good charity called the charge syndrome foundation mm. and it was a really big source of education for me as well um learning about charge and other people that had charge and the symptoms and everything so those are two really big organizations that I fully support Oh, that's awesome. Thanks so much. I can't wait to dive more into those and just learn more about, I love the one for sports inclined people, because I think that's really fun and like a good way to like, just get your energy out. So that's yeah, really awesome. it's, it's awesome. They, I will send you the link on Instagram. They do all kinds of events and activities and host different sporting things for all kinds of different people. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's been fun. And that is it, (laughs) y'all. See, it doesn't sound... Sometimes it sounds natural and other times it's forced. But y'all, I feel like is... It's so inclusive of everyone and that I wish it didn't have this drawl, drawl to it. Even you can say... You can't even say drawl without... Doing a little drawl, you know. Um, So yeah, how freaking great was that? I loved talking to Steph. Thank you so much again for jumping on. And also, how cool is it that she's blind but then also is doing aerial? Like, I can't even do that with my my eyesight now. And I, I just feel like it would be so much trust on your body to do that and to like know where to go with it but also kind of fun because you can't see how high up you are so it's like maybe that's an element of it to be continued on our next episode with Steph part two no we don't have an episode part two with Steph yet but maybe next time we will you never know this has been episode 30 and it's been fantastic. I have really enjoyed making all 30 of these episodes and I can't wait to go from 30 and beyond. I am always looking for new guests. I am always looking for more input. So if you have anything that you want to share, just hit me up on the good old Instagram. That's usually the easiest for me. Or there is a link in the bio of the Still Positive podcast gmail account email me if you are interested in being on this podcast or if you know anyone that wants to be on this podcast shoot them over this video or any of the other videos uh, for that matter that you think that they might like and like and subscribe do all those fun things so that you know when the next episode's coming out you know the drill by now come on if you are interested in comedy and you are around the Hudson Valley, New York area, the next couple Saturdays, I have some shows for you. The next show that I have is coming up this weekend in Newburgh, New York. There's also a show on Saturday, May 21st in Warwick, New York. And then finally, there is a show on May 28th in Suffern, New York. So if you're available for any of those days, follow me on Instagram. The link is in the show notes below and come check me out for some chronically ill comedy. Pretty great. Pretty great if I do say so myself. 
Thanks again for jumping on, y'all. And I am so pumped to bring 30 more episodes your way. Again, stay sick, be you, and you are doing great. Bye, guys.